Welcome to Water and Air, the podcast trailblazing the way for senior leaders and managers in law to help create culture and capability that allows themselves and their teams to shine. Just like Water and Air, it's the ordinary that creates extraordinary results. And these things can make all the difference between thriving and failing in the world of law. Join us as we uncover and share just what these ordinary things are and how to make them work for you. By Parul Patel, powered by Fuel and Move, your career gym for lawyers. For more information, click the link in the show notes below. Hello, my name is Parul Patel and I'm the host of this podcast, Water and Air. And today we've got a special love edition. No, it's not San Jordi or Valentine's Day. But just because love is in the ordinary of every day, never fails, and its impact is always extraordinary. And today is for managers and leaders who are brave and want to unlock their courage. The courage to face fear with compassion and love instead of defensiveness, avoidance, or aggression. Be that microaggression, passive aggression, or just plain out and out open shouting aggression. We've spoken with many experts in their fields through season one and season two of this podcast who've done just that to their personal satisfaction and professional success. And today we'll be unlocking some ordinary reflections so that you can decide if it's for you and how to make the transition. Leadership by love is far from the fluffy, romantic sensation it kind of conjures up. And the ones that were sold by the Bollywood and Hollywood versions. Leadership by love, it can be tough, but the transformation is oh so worth it and oh so necessary. So let's just have a little bit of a journey through time and into the four industrial revolutions and the management theories associated with each evolution. They're all kind of transactional, proposing linear solutions with the aim of improving productivity, efficiency, and profitability. And who doesn't want that? But we know that organizations and the environments in which they operate are more complex than the linear solutions we're offered. In the hunt for simple problem solving and decision making, people are often identified as the problem. And, well, the solution to that problem is to make humanity, well, less human more uniform, so we don't actually have to have human relationships that complicate our plans and desires. We're too busy, too preoccupied to see that it is those very same humans that hold the key to unlock creativity that generates the innovation worth sharing. Innovation that moves us forward, not just shuffling side to side. When we look at the birth of those companies that were ingeniously creative and have changed how we live now, We see people, diverse people, people freed and equipped to do their thing, to play their game. Of course, when it's time to scale, the fear factor kicks in. And it all seems a little bit too impossible when the system isn't designed to enable that. When neither culture nor capability have been nurtured to bring out the best in its people and hire the best people for the organization. That's why appointing managers needs to not be about tenure and promotion but about who those people are and the role they need to carry out. That might mean reporting to someone who is much younger than the team being managed. It may even mean that the team is managed by someone who doesn't have technical expertise that the team members do. 
But what they do have is the ability to be the glue that holds the team together and move it forward as a unit. Now, if you want to find out a little bit more about the different levels of complexity that are in play in your professional hierarchy and leadership, I direct you to head over to an interview with Christine Baker, who unpacks it with crystal clarity. It's within season two of this podcast series. So what's all of this got to do with love anyway? Oh gosh, I've got Tina Turner in my head now. Well, look, let's go back to the industrial revolutions. The industrial revolutions have moved us through lots of different scenarios and scenes and seasons. But through fear-driven hierarchy, systems and processes, managing humans as resources to measuring people against standardized goals and scorecards, which blend out the very thing that makes each person so valuable. It's their very uniqueness that they bring to the table. All of this is in the hope of attaining happiness measured by GDP through improving profits and wealth by improving productivity and efficiency. It all sounds very simple and clear, right? And traditional management systems seem to have literally sandpapered out the very elements of finding happiness. And that's the need to be loved. And what I mean is that it's being accepted, being seen, heard, recognized in our individual uniqueness to feel a sense of belonging and a valuable contributor to the whole with a sense of progress in safety. When this is missing, the problems manifest in narrow fear-based decision-making that negatively affects productivity, efficiency, and profit. Gosh, it all just seems like a horrible, vicious cycle. And you know, quite frankly, it's all too easy to slip into the idea that we can solve the problem by staring at the problem. But what does that approach actually deliver? And with consistent reliability? Well, it's stress, worry, narrowing mind space, confusion. It holds us in a loop of the same mindset and the same mind space that created the problem in the first place. And now I'd like to call in on Albert Einstein. We've all heard the often misquoted assertion that the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. The truth is that what Mr. Einstein actually wrote was that you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. Just reflect on that for a moment. You can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. And there is a growing number of people who are doing just that, changing the thinking, looking under the bonnet of the problem and reframing it, listening deeply and responding, and is being coined as the consciousness revolution. It's emerging with ever-increasing visibility in the quest to attain happiness, well-being and improved value creation of the whole and individual. It's born out of the essence of love. And anyone who has dared to love will confirm that it's far from a fluffy romantic experience portrayed in the movies. It requires commitment, discipline, and choosing to love when it would be far easier to fall back on fear and control conditioned behaviors and management models. It is a transformational approach to organizational management and leadership. It uses elements of different management models, but this time premised on freedom, on joy, on abundance as the driving force for value creation, instead of fear, control, and scarcity. It's about people being the best they can be and bringing out the best in each other to create value for the whole and its parts. It's also the more effective route to reversing the alarming trend of unwellness and discrimination plaguing organizations. And it's the philosophy that drives Fuller Move's career gym for lawyers. Well, actually everything that we do through Fuller Move. 
Love serves well-being and inclusivity by enabling and liberating people to be at their best and bring out the best in each other, including the environment we all share. And this next generation of workforce is demanding this approach. Both consumers and human capital, people who are providing services, are demanding this shift. Sustainable success for organizations will be dependent on their willingness to be courageous their willingness to adopt a mindset of abundance and ditch scarcity as the driving motivator. Whilst it seems like a recent development, actually, it's not new and it's definitely not fanciful. Cadbury and Roundtree were both founded on principles of compassion and community decades ago. And now we're seeing kind of a reawakening of this. And it's increasingly evident as critical to the sustainability of organizational success. In fact, companies like Unilever and PepsiCo have embedded it into their operating systems and it's emblazoned through everything they do. Just by way of example, let's just have a look at the love words enveloping Unilever's strategic priorities. And in this case, there's a whole host of them, but let's focus on this one. So in the strategy around the future of work, this is what they say. We see meaningful work as everyone's right. We're taking big steps to equip our own people and others for the future. A strategy supported with hard targets and honesty. We can't promise anyone a job for life, but we can do everything possible to equip our people with the skills and awareness to pursue meaningful work, whether at Unilever or beyond. And here's another example from the less likely legal profession. I mean, let's just look at the manifesto of Jonathan Cooley, who they presented as part of his nomination to lead up Clifford Chance into the next generation future. His vision for the firm included the appointment of a chief happiness officer responsible for making it the most vibrant, happy and uplifting place to work in the world. These are not words that we often relate to or would apply to the legal profession much less a magic circle law firm. He goes on to say that he'd do that by including micro-retreats, reinventing job titles and piloting four-day weeks and fostering a culture where holidays are holy days, they're sacred. His rallying cry was, let's surprise, let's delight, let's dream. Because what is life if it's only full of cares? Look, maybe the old guard aren't ready for this right now, but let me tell you, the new guard expect it and so do clients. The fact is that the rejection of love puts pressure on margins by driving up wage costs unsustainably, as well as high turnover rates. It's great for recruiters if they can find candidates, but bad for literally everyone else. Love in the workplace doesn't discard the tools generated by previous industrial revolutions and those management theories, but instead makes better use of them. This time, they're used not as a way to control, but as a mode to release brilliance. Individual and collective brilliance in a way that serves and generates our environment and society too. When love takes on fear, we want to help you be the winner. This is Water in Air podcast. Of course, we'll have a couple of reflections for you to ponder and take away. And if you feel inclined, action and start unlocking extraordinary. And so today I've got something borrowed and something new. So first of all, borrowing from something that Christine Baker shared, clarity. Clarity about who you are as an individual and collective and what you want. When you've got clarity, you'll be able to start attracting those you need 
and who want to help you achieve your goals, whether that's nurturing a culture or achieving a certain turnover target. Become more aware of yourself and those around you to develop increasing clarity. Clarity like a VVS1 diamond. Note I didn't say an FL diamond because the idea that you're searching for perfection, well, that's going to lead us into the new point three. Just wait for it, it's coming. The second reflection, and this one is borrowed from the CLO whisperer, Lori Lorenzo, from her guest appearance on Live Laugh Law Talk Show. It's a YouTube channel. Her reflection was on emotional intelligence, to respond and not react. And she reflected, ask yourself this question, what is it like to work with me? So like, are people enjoying that experience or are they learning from you? Are they frustrated by you? If we ask that question more often and start to develop insights about who we are, that's going to help. There's a saying that says, we judge ourselves by our intentions but others judge us by our action. And I think if we have to be really aware of is how others perceive us so we can have a real view of who we are and build out our EQ from that informed perspective. So I'd like to thank Laurie for that reflection. Very nicely linked in with what Christine shared with us. And finally, this is my question to you. How often do you find yourself looking for the dirt in people and the things they do instead of the gold? How often do you look for that dirt, the things that people did wrong or where they fell short of the perfection that you were expecting? And how does this affect your everyday interactions, how you listen, how you include people, how you allocate work, how you give feedback? Is it from a place of frustration and disappointment or a loving intention to help the other progress? Look, for us to be at our best, we need to belong, be safe, be enabled and be free to be ourselves all at the same time. And I encourage you to at least explore the idea that love is the key that unlocks all of that. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have making it. If you have, please share it and subscribe. And if there are any topics you'd like us to explore, just ping me a message. We're here to help you bring out the best in yourself and in your teams. Thanks for listening. And that's it for this episode. See you soon. Thank you for being part of the Fuel and Move community. Make sure you never miss an episode release by subscribing and reviewing the podcast below. Also, leave your questions in the comments box below and we'll try and answer them in future episodes. For the latest on performance optimization for lawyers, you can visit fuelandmove.com. Looking forward to you joining us next time.